0: This is episode 88 of Bella in Your Business. Welcome
1: to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready. Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump.
0: Welcome to Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Vasta from Jump Consulting, and today I have Mike Alton with us. Mike is an award-winning blogger, speaker, and author of The Social Media Hat in St. Louis. Mike works with bloggers and businesses to help them leverage every aspect of content marketing. Mike, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much, Bella. It is an absolute pleasure to be here with you.
0: I'm so glad to have you here. I got an introduction to you from Marcus Sheridan at last year's Social Media Marketing World and anyone that Marcus introduces me to, I'm like, gotta be pretty cool. And you know what, I've been following you for the past year, and you are pretty cool. So to (laughs) all of our listeners, I want you guys to really just start soaking up Mike's knowledge. His website is incredibly useful and tactical, and can really help you on just a very layman's term. Mike, how did you start this whole social media hat?
1: It's funny, because I used to have a different business, where I was building websites for small businesses, right, and, and helping them get on online, and this was many, many years ago, and of course, even then, there was this idea that you had to create content to help market your own business. So I started a blog for my own business, and this was 11 years ago. And at the time, I found that I really liked to write. I liked to teach people how to use social media, how to blog, and that sort of thing. But it wasn't helping me get new clients, right? Because that content was targeted to people who already had businesses. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to find people who needed a website, who needed, who were like starting a business. And for many other reasons, I said, okay, this isn't working. And so I started the social media hat in 2012, mainly as a place where I could write what I wanted to write about and I could teach what I wanted to teach about and I thought well I'll just figure out how to make money from this thing later you know so I transferred a lot of the blogs that I'd already written and started blogging a lot. I was writing six to 14 posts per week. Wow that is I don't think I've
0: ever heard of that. That's incredible.
1: Well when you don't have clients... (laughs) You
0: blog like you it got was a lot your of time job. On your hand. Why not?
1: Right? <laughs> yeah. So I wrote a lot. Obviously, I wrote a lot that first year, that first couple of years. Yeah. And as a result, I mean, not only did I get a, a larger audience, but I learned a lot. Sure. You know, blogging isn't something that we can just turn on and start to do, mm-hmm. we've never done it before. You've got to learn. It's like any other kind of muscle, right? You've got to exercise it. So that's how I got started. And it's just grown and snowballed from there.
0: That's super amazing. How many blogs do you have written? on the social hat to date?
1: That's a good question because I separate my content in a couple of different ways. That's really just from my own brain. Uh-huh. It's all just content, right? Uh-huh. Blog posts, whatever. Right. But a lot of the content that I used to write was what I call news checking. And we can go into that more detail. I
0: used to do that all the time. And no, we should totally talk about that. It's something every pet sitter and dog walker can do when there's a pet food
1: recall, which there's tons of them. Perfect example. Or maybe there's a new ordinance in your city. You know, or some park has changed their rules. You know, you can blog about that. But the thing about news checking is most of the time. That content has a limited shelf life, Mm -hmm. right? At some point, it's no longer relevant. It's no longer interesting. So I've got hundreds of those. And then I've got hundreds of blog posts. And then I've got hundreds of what I call articles, which they're really just blog posts, right? But like you said, they're much more tactical, right? These are resources. When I write an article... In my mind, I'm thinking this should be pretty much evergreen forever. Yeah. I'm not putting opinion, or at least not too much opinion into it. It's not news or timely in any way. Yeah. It's how to mention somebody on Facebook or how to add a second Twitter account to your phone. Very, yeah. very specific tactical things. Yeah. So all told, I probably have 750 to 1,000 pieces of content.
0: That's incredible. That is incredible. Yeah, you blogged like your life depended on it because it kind of did, right? Well, it is, yes. <laughs> So how did you and then how would our listeners come up with the new blog post ideas? Like, I mean, so many people just, you know, they hear you should blog, you should have content and then they go right about like my dog spot <laughs> or like the tree is green, <laughs> like very just random things
1: yeah and the first key that I tell people is about w- what not to write about. because when we're talking about blogging for a business, it's very different from blogging for an individual. If I was just blogging for fun for myself, I can blog about where I had dinner last night if I want to. I can blog about you know the latest trick that I taught my dog because that's just for me and if somebody else cares, well, that's great. yeah but as a business, that's not useful information, that's not helpful information. So the content that you create, and I know you heard Marcus say this exact same thing, it's gotta answer questions. And in fact, the deeper down the funnel you can go with those questions, the better off you're gonna be. So. That's what not to do. What to do, like I said, is to answer questions. So then the question becomes, okay, where do I get that? Where do Mm -hmm. I come up with these questions? And those come from two sources, my own questions and my reader's questions or my client's questions. Mm -hmm. And that means that you simply have to start paying attention and listening, right? When I start thinking about how to do something in marketing, in the back of my head, I'm always thinking – this probably is going to make for a good blog post someday. Yeah. When I started to try to figure out how to track all the different pop-up offers that I have on my site and which ones convert and whether they became subscribers because I wanted to be able to see inside Google Analytics where my subscribers were coming so that I could see yesterday I had 50 subscribers, 25 of them were for my Facebook kit, and out of those, 20 of them were from the welcome mat and five of them were from an exit intent. I can get that breakdown now in Google Analytics, but I had to figure out how. Yeah. Nobody tells you that. No. It's not, it's not given to you. Yeah. You might be able to Google some of that information, which is what I did and kind of pieced it together. At some point, I'm going to write a blog article about how to set up events and how to set them up correctly in your pop up so that they trigger at the right time and how to set up the labels and the categories so that you can go into Google Analytics and you can set up a dashboard that says, hey, these are all the new subscribers you got yesterday and this is where they came from. So – that's probably my number one source for blog ideas. Is my own questions. You know, mm-hmm. so to turn this to, towards your audience, your audience might be wondering, you know, where's the best place to get pet food, or what are the yeah. best parks to go to, yep. you know, or what are the ordinances in different cities that I might have to pay attention to. And anytime you find yourself asking those kinds of questions, there are probably other people that have the same questions, <laughs> and. Whether they have the same questions or whether you just introduce the question to them and they're like, oh, that looks pretty interesting. I I might need to know that. Either way, that makes for great blog content. And so then also if you're listening to your customers, if you're listening to your audience, um, in fact, the more you blog, the more readers you're going to get and the more questions you're going to get in the comments and via email and that sort of thing, via social media, the more opportunities you're going to have to be exposed to topics and ideas and questions that, again, might make for a great blog posts on the road.
0: I love that. I love that you're talking about evergreen content, the content that like never grows old. Also, I think that the pet sitters and the dog walkers have a very unique advantage that maybe someone like yourself doesn't have, because while you're competing, perhaps, you know, internationally for how do I set up events in Google, these pet yeah. sitters, nobody's writing about the best dog walking trails in City, like your city, right? Or the That's best right. dog walking trails in your city. So you're going to win those fights. You just have to get out there and do it. And you could apply that to so many different things. Oh, yeah. um, but it's like, you have such an advantage being a dog walker and pet sitter.
1: Yeah, it's so huge. And and that's true with any local business, right? Absolutely. So if you're listening and you're not a dog sitter, but you're a physician or a lawyer or anybody who has a local business. I tell my local businesses this all the time. You know, I go to local restaurants and that kind of stuff. I'm like, you guys are, have such an advantage. There are disadvantages because generally speaking, if you're local, that means you're probably smaller. Uh-huh. And so the resources are hard. So I get that. Yeah. But at the same time, You don't have to blog five times a week. You can blog a little less often as long as you're creating content that's great for that local audience. Like you mentioned best trails. You know, what if you created a blog post that listed all of the dog parks within like a 25 or 50 mile radius? And you talked about, you know, when they're open, what the different regulations are and that sort of thing. There will be people who come to that who are just going for that information. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. They'll read that and then they'll find a dog park that's close to them, that fits their needs. You know, maybe some parks don't take large breed and they've got like me, an 80 pound German shepherd. (laughs) So you got to go to the right park. Yeah. So maybe they find that information, they just go. But you might also end up, as a result of getting somebody to read that piece of content, you might also introduce your business to that individual. Now you're reaching a dog owner. You know that. That's a target customer. And while they might appreciate and use that dog park information, they might also now realize that, oh, Johnny can also come pet sit next month when I'm out of town.
0: Right. I love that. You're absolutely right. And those examples are definitely things that people could like actually stop this podcast and go do right now if you haven't already. (laughs) But you also touched upon the frequency of the blogging. So talking again to those small businesses, what is a realistic amount to blog a week or a month, do you think, in order to also make a good impact? Is it quality or is it quantity? Or talk to me about your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because I'm going to say something here that's a little taboo in the industry, which is to say that you don't need to have a set schedule. Mm -hmm. As a small business owner, I'm going to be very frank here. You are not likely to develop some kind of massive audience of readers who are waiting for your next blog post. And we'll miss it if you don't publish at your next normal time, whatever that is. Preach it,
0: brother. Preach it.
1: (laughs) Some businesses have that. You know, I mean, in my industry, it's a little more common, a little more expected. In fact, the bigger you are as a blogger, there will be that expectation. But as a small business owner, that's the last thing you should be worried about. What you need to worry about is the quality, like you just said. And, you know, Coming up with the time and the ideas to create that content and just create great stuff. Yeah. And if this isn't your thing, if you don't like to write and you only manage to get one blog post out every other month, that's okay. It's fine. No one's going to yell at you. <laughs> no one's going to unsubscribe from your mailing list or not right. hire you because you didn't publish a blog post last week. Now, that being said, there's also a business reality to the creation of content and the frequency of which you create content. And that means that the more often you create good quality content, the better off your business is going to be. Yes. So it's okay if you only want to publish a blog post every other month, but you need to recognize that as a technique and strategy for marketing your business, it's not going to go very fast. It's going to take you at least 12 months, maybe longer, to really start to see traction from that effort. HubSpot did a study a couple of years ago and they looked at how much content a bunch of different businesses had created and how often they were creating content and the results that they were seeing. They specifically were looking at traffic and leads. You know, somebody comes to the website and they decide to hit that contact form and reach out to you. So this isn't, you know, they clicked a social button and followed you on Twitter. We don't care about that. We care about the traffic and the actual business results. And what HubSpot saw was that after approximately 50 pieces of content created, that's when these businesses begin to see exponential growth in leads and sales mm-hmm. and traffic. Mm -hmm. That's partly due to the fact that when somebody comes to your site and there's only one blog post that gives them a certain impression and a lack of things to read, whereas if they come to your site and there's 50 to 75 pieces of content, now they have a lot to read and they can get a stronger impression of who you are as a business. Plus, the more content you have, the more opportunities that Google has to index what you have and increase your authority. In other words, if all you do is write about taking care of dogs, after a certain point, Google will see that, oh, obviously, you know about taking care of dogs. One blog post isn't going to do that. Yeah. So then the question is, if we know it takes 50 plus pieces of content on average to get to that point where we're really starting to see results, how long do you want to wait?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Do you feel like waiting a year, in which case blog once a week? (laughs) If you don't want to wait that long to start to see results from your content marketing, you're going to have to blog more often.
0: I would imagine that was probably part of your strategy when you uh, originally at the beginning of this podcast said, you know, six to 14 blogs a week that you're posting. And that's probably why you had such radical elevator success, I'll call it, because you just shot up there, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right.
0: That's pretty incredible. Mike, I'm going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, I want to talk about how long should these blog posts be and what kind of anatomy should we have in there? If anything at all, we'll be right back. Are you concerned that accepting credit cards for your pet sitting business is too complicated or too expensive? Well, if you answered yes, I have good news. It's probably because you've not heard of leaders merchant services. Trust me, Leaders Merchant Services makes accepting credit cards super easy and affordable for my business. They work with all kinds of businesses throughout the United States, and they've developed a special rate plan just for pet sitters like us. I know Leaders Merchant Services can help your business. I've even got a dedicated representative to speak to, and he's always happy to share valuable information. Working with Leaders Merchant Services is like having a friend or family member in the credit card processing business. If you want to know more or see how much they can save your business a month, go to jumpconsulting.net forward slash credit card. That's jumpconsulting.net forward slash credit card so I can personally connect you with my specialist. And we're back. And today I'm talking to Mike Elton from the Social Media Hat. And Mike, this conversation is awesome. What I love about this conversation is that, first of all, you're staying on topic, <laughs> which is incredible. <laughs> the second thing is, is, it's just so casual and easy to understand and conceptual. And so, wow, you're a great teacher. Thank you for being here with us. I know people are loving this. We've already talked about things like how often should we blog and how should we come up with the ideas. Talk to me a little bit about the anatomy of a blog and how long should they be?
1: Yeah, and I appreciate what you just said because <laughs> I obviously really enjoy talking about and teaching blogging and it's something that I can talk about all day long. <laughs> so <laughs> I, for me, it, I do actually have to try to keep it a little unfocused you know, and answer questions relatively quickly. But yeah, this is a great question and it's a great next question from what we were just talking about because when I tell people that, okay, you need to get to 50 blog posts and you know, if you only want to wait a couple, two, three months before you really start to see results, that means you need to blog like, you know, two, three times a week at least. And if you've never done that, or if you've tried a few times and felt like it was really, really hard to create that content, that's a very intimidating number. (laughs) So the next thing that I love to talk about is blog post length. There is no magical length. There's no required length, okay? But what I do is break blog posts down into three different types, Uh and these are are keyed to the length of the post. So your average standard blog post should be between 750 and 1,250 words. Now, I put it that way because your average standard blog post should introduce a topic— Talk about it, give a couple examples, and then have a conclusion. In fact, the format that I was taught in high school was five paragraph format (laughs) intro, three points, and a conclusion. Right. That's a perfect blog post. That's a perfect article for most businesses. And, you know, if you're writing kind of standard paragraphs, you're going to end up around 750 to 1,250 words. That's what you probably are going to be creating most of the time. Now, everyone's a little bit different. I liked to write and I've been doing it well enough that I've become good at writing. So it's nothing for me to create a 2000, 2,500 word article. Mm -hmm. That's my normal. Now, not everybody is like that and everybody has to be that. But if we come up with this idea that at some point we have a normal blog post, that means we've got longer and shorter blog posts on the shorter end of the spectrum. I call these cheater posts. <laughs> They're like 250 words, maybe 500 words tops, right? These are really, really short uh-huh. articles. The kind of thing that, I mean, it really shouldn't take you that long to write. And the way that I really teach how to make them into true cheater posts is to go find a YouTube video or an infograph and just introduce it. Yeah. So like, you know, again, to take it back to your audience, let's say you or somebody, you know, went out and shared a video of dogs having fun at a particular dog park. Mm -hmm. Grab that video, embed it in a blog post and introduce it. Hey, I was out at this park yesterday and this guy was making this film and I found him on YouTube and it's great. These dogs were having a blast playing frisbee and running around. And here you go. That's it. (laughs) That's your cheater post. Now You've created a piece of content. Now, obviously, this is not going to go viral. Mm-hmm. Not likely, right? And it's not likely to show up in search results or anything like that. So it's not a truly, truly valuable piece of content. Yeah. But it does help to add to the volume. It does help to give you things to email, things to post on social media. So it it helps fuel that machinery and it's good practice. Even if you're only writing a couple of paragraphs, Mm -hmm. you're writing and you're going through the motions of publishing a piece of content, which in and of itself, that's something we all need to practice. So there's value there as long as that's not 100% of your content marketing strategy is to create these kinds of cheater posts. Mm -hmm. Just do that once in a while to Mm -hmm. fill in, particularly if you decide for yourself that you want to have a regular publishing schedule. Maybe you need that, right? Maybe you need that kind of discipline, that structure to keep yourself moving forward. But you don't always have a 2000 word article inside you to pull out. You know, you can double those up with some cheater posts.
0: Yeah. I love that. I've never heard of yeah. cheater posts, that term. That's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then, of course, the other end of the spectrum are the massive, super long, in-depth articles. Yeah. These, these really, really huge, epic pieces of content that take many, many hours to create. Even me, they'll take me 10, 20 hours to create. Those start at 2,500 words and go up from there. It's nothing to have a 10,000, 15,000 word article. Wow. These I call pillar posts. Because if you do these right, these will become pillars of your content marketing house. They will hold the whole thing up. Those really, really massive long articles are a goldmine for Google search. Mm -hmm. If you take a topic and you drill down and you teach everything there is to know about that topic inside an article, people will be lining up to read it. Mm -hmm. You obviously can't do that every week or every day or even every month. Right. What I usually recommend, if it makes sense, is that a business will come up with some ideas for some pillar posts and try to do one a quarter or two a year, something along that line. So at least you're doing a few a year yeah. because over time, these are the posts that are just going to be huge magnets of local search traffic for your business and they're going to drive tremendous amounts of sales. So it's a lot of effort up front but the long-term gain is going to be amazing.
0: I could see like a pillar post maybe being like for like a pet company. I could turn it into a long one. It might not sound as juicy at the beginning, but just that how much does a pet sitter cost in a certain town and you can go and you can review the different prices. You can review all the reasons why you can review why some of them are low. Some of them are high. What goes into a factor businesses that stay in for a really long time often charge more, this is why the clients should care. You know, there's different types of clients that like different kind of price points. I mean, you could go deep on that. Oh, yeah. Mike, as we round this up, because we are almost running out of time here. Do you have any suggestions for the people who are like, yeah, whatever, Mike and Bella, like, I don't like to write. I am a horrible writer. I don't like my writing. I got season school. What do you have to say to the people that just
1: don't like to write? Sure. And I get it all the time. So (laughs) there's two reasons for that. The first reason is you don't like to write because you're not good at it yet. And I say it that way because... Some people just need to recognize that truth. It's not that I don't like to write. I don't like what happens when I try to write because I'm not good at it. Uh-huh. It's just like when I try to go ice skating. <laughs> it's not pretty. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be you know something that people are going to want to film and share with their their audience because it's just not going to be look good. But that doesn't mean I necessarily don't like to ice skate. Uh-huh. It means I need to practice. Yeah, and I need to find opportunities to do it more often. Or Maybe I really do hate to ice skate. Maybe it truly is a painful experience for me. And, you know, by the same token, maybe I just don't like to write. Mm -hmm. So the former, you just need to practice. You just need to recognize that it's not that I don't like to do it. It's that I don't like what happens and I just need help. And there's lots of ways to do that. But if you truly don't like to write, this is what you can do right here. You can do video. You can go out and you can interview people or you can come up with other things to video when you can create video. Maybe you like talking to a camera. Maybe you just like talking to a microphone. But if you can communicate in a way that's other than writing, you can turn that into blog content. You can even pay other people to transcribe that for you.
0: Yeah, it's pretty easy these days. Do you have a transcribing company that you like?
1: I don't currently, I've used Fiverr uh-huh. a few times, yeah, but every time it's ended up in someone different because right. people don't usually stay on Fiverr. Yeah. So right now I actually am looking for a company that yeah. I can refer a little more often. Okay. I don't do this myself because I like to write. Right, right. So yeah.
0: That wouldn't be you. That totally I wouldn't I don't be have you.
1: that pressing need for <laughs> a transcription service. I think yeah. Rev.com.
0: Yeah. That's uh, really is, popular. That's one that
1: I've looked at. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mike Alton from The Social Media Hat, thank you so much for being here today. I know that you have a downloadable offer for our listeners, a free copy of your book, How to Start a Blog, The Ultimate Guide. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I'm working on this year, I've actually been working on it for a little over a year, is a book about blogging. And I wanted it to be very strategic and frankly, advanced. And as I was working through the different topics that I was going to cover in this book, I kept running into technical things, right? Like how do I install WordPress or what's a category or what's a tag, you know, or some of these other things. I'm like, I don't want to cover those things in this book, but I don't want to just ignore that they're out there. So I thought, okay, I better stop and create an initial resource first. So that's where how to start a blog yeah. comes from. And it's a book. I mean, it's, you know, 15,000, 30,000 words. I don't remember what. It's everything you need to know to get started. What is WordPress? What is hosting? What's a domain name? What is a blog? Yeah. You know, a lot of the other things that we covered today, how often should I blog? You know, how long should those blog posts be? How do I install WordPress? Where do I host it? How do I figure out what to blog? about, Hmm. particularly if you're not talking about a business, right? I mean, we're talking to pet sitters and so on. So that's their business. Yeah. And the blog is there to help them market the business. But what if you want to be a blogger? What do you blog about? How do you narrow that focus? How do you narrow that niche and and that sort of thing? So I go through all of that. So whether you're going to be a blogger or whether you have a blog that's just part of your business, there are a lot of things in this book, in this long article that I think will help you.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. I will put the link in the show notes here. I believe it's the socialmediahat.com forward slash how dash two dash start dash up dash blog. Yep. <laughs> so if you're listening right now and you want to just jump on over there, you can. I will put the link as well as Mike's links to his website. It's been so great having you and I know that people are going to love this. If you guys really enjoy this, go ahead and find where you saw this post and go ahead and write a comment and I'll make sure that Mike sees it. And you guys, you can also like and subscribe to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Oh my gosh, every single thing that's out there. Bella in your business. I am your host, Bella with Jump Consulting. And remember to always keep jumping.
1: Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.